0: Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Have you ever wondered to yourself what the other side of the cross looked like and what significance that might have? You know, I think because of pictures and movies, uh, we probably have a decent picture idea of what it looked like, or we think we do at least, of what it looked like to see Jesus hanging there. But you know what? God wants us to move to the other side of the cross, and that's the side where Jesus... Jesus' resurrected life now empowers us to live a limitless life. So I'd like you to listen into this podcast and see the significance of living on the other side of the cross. Let's get started with um, keying off of what we were talking about last Sunday living on the other side of the cross. Last Sunday, we were talking about Easter, the resurrection of Jesus and how it gives you hope. Do you have more hope now than you had a week ago? Do you? I hope you do. Our hope needs to be growing and growing and growing. And guess what? You can have hope the rest of your life and never lose an ounce of hope from this point forward. And I want to show you how by living on the other side of the cross. And I want you to picture this as a Christian, as a Catholic. You know, we always see the crucifix and Jesus hanging on it. Have you ever wondered if you walked around to the other side of the cross, what would it look like? What would it be like? Would it be different And I want to share with you the excitement of going to the other side of the cross and staying there and being empowered by being on the other side of the cross, having that life, that eternal life, that power, that authority, that self-control that you could have only dreamed about. So let me give you a couple of just thoughts to get us going on this. And I want to share this one thought. Here's the first one. Is your flesh your flesh, and I'm not talking about your skin. We're going to define what flesh means, but your flesh is Satan's portal into your life. Your flesh is Satan's portal into your life. Now, before you say, Steve, you've gone completely bananas. What are you, what on earth are you talking about? I want to bring this straight from the Bible so that you know it's not me making this up. All right. Listen to this. What is this flesh that I'm talking about? It's Your humanity without God, that's when I say flesh, it's your humanity without God, without talking about God, without thinking about God, without having God as a resource for you, not that God should just be your resource, but it's, it's your humanity without God, it's also your fallen, limited human state, and you say, Steve, what are you talking about, fallen? Well, have you ever fallen before? Have you ever fallen and made a mistake that you were trying not to make? You fell down, maybe not literally, but spiritually, emotionally, you fell down. Have you ever experienced that fallen state? That's what your flesh is like, is your limitations when you can't get things done. And you keep messing up, and you keep, you keep having the same weakness over and over again, and you get sick of it, you're like, I want to stop, but I can't. That's what I would call your flesh, and that's what the Bible calls your flesh. It's also those troubling personal tendencies, your tendency to get depressed. Maybe you have a tendency to gamble. I know that's a weakness that I have. I've identified that a long time ago. It's these troubling personal tendencies and weaknesses. Some people drink, and they just can't seem to stop drinking. They have a tendency some folks have a tendency to lust and look at pornography and, and see things and look at things that they shouldn't. It's their troubling personal tendencies. That's the flesh that I'm talking about. All right? And that flesh is Satan's portal into your life. In Psalms five, and by the way, I'm going to give you so many scriptures, your head is going to be spinning. <laughs> All right. What I encourage you to do in church, though, is bring a notebook and jot down some notes. That keeps you focused. That keeps you concentrated. And then you can go home also and say, oh, you know what? I forgot about that one. This is good. And the way I take notes, by the way, you don't even have to have a notebook, is I take them on my phone. I just, uh, you know, so I don't think you're texting. You know, you're just taking notes is what you're doing. All right. So Psalms 51.5, you can jot these down. But surely says the psalmist says that surely I was sinful at birth sinful from the time my mother conceived me That's the reality a lot of people say well I was born that way when they're talking about a vice or they're talking about a Lifestyle that they're living. They're saying I was born that way and you know what to some extent they're right they're right. We're born with these flaws and failures and weaknesses, and we need Jesus to help save us out of those stinking tendencies, that flesh that we have. God wants to lift us up and make us strong again. You don't have to keep falling into the same old thing over and over again. God wants you to be strong, strong mentally, emotionally, spiritually, personally, physically. But let's keep looking at this. The flesh is is Satan's portal into your life. Look at this in Matthew 16, verses uh, verses 21 through 23. Just so you don't think I'm just making this up, Jesus starts talking to his disciples, explaining them that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer at the hands of these elders and the chief priests and the religious folks of that time, and that he must be killed and on the third day he would rise again. Peter, his disciple, his confidant, one of the People that Jesus was probably closest to, Peter pipes up, takes him aside, and rebukes Jesus himself and says, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turns and says to Peter, Satan, get behind me. You see, Peter's flesh, his own desires and motives, was talking, was a portal through which Satan spoke to Jesus. And Jesus recognized it. He didn't talk to Peter. He talked to Peter's flesh. And he said, Satan, get behind me. Did you know a lot of times if you have a friend, uh, a wife, a husband, a child, and they express their worries to you that it brings you down? Have you ever noticed that? Their flesh, their worries brings you down. If you're not careful, you can let others and you can let yourself bring you down. Your flesh, your tendencies, your humanity can be a means through which the enemy can get into your life and mess you up. God doesn't want you to be worried all the time. He doesn't want you to be stressed out all the time. God wants to help you. And so your flesh, remember this, is Satan's portal into your life second corinthians 12 7 says and this is the apostle paul now apostle paul he was the one that wrote the majority of the new testament he said this i was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of satan to torment me have you ever been tormented before in your mind maybe tormented by an illness an injury have you ever been tormented before your flesh is the portal through which the enemy can get into your life and torment you. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. Genesis 4, verse 7 says, If you do what's right... Okay, this is Cain. Cain killed his brother Abel in Genesis. We read about it. And God is talking to Cain after... Or as he's contemplating murdering his brother. <laughs> and, he, and God says, If you do what's right... Will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what's right, sin, look at this, sin is crouching at your door. Have you seen these gargoyles on, on the old, you know, uh, for some reason, <laughs> churches? They have gargoyles on their creepy, demonic-looking creatures that are crouched there. God paints a picture of what this looks at and says, sin is like a demon crouching at your door, the door of your flesh. And you can open up that door, and and you can have it rule over you, or you can keep your flesh closed and keep that sin outside of you. Isn't that amazing? If you open the door, the portal of your flesh, man, that enemy is going to come right in and begin to rule over you, torment you, mess you up, misdirect you, and get you into a world of hurt your flesh is the portal through which Satan can begin to control you. The enemy, this world, begins to control you. Now, James in the New Testament takes his cue from that scripture and says each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. You know, there's, there's a picture of two things as well. You have it inside of you, your flesh, to mess up, and that begins to drag you away against your own will and desires. That's why the Bible says this, and take note of this in Philippians 3.3 3, and in John 6.63, put no confidence in your flesh. Stop depending on yourself so much and your strong mind. I had a boss that once told me, I have a really strong mind, Steve. He was like, well, goody, good for you, man. got a strong mind someday you're gonna need a strong Savior is what I was thinking to myself don't rely on your strong mind on your intelligence on your on on being able to convince people or to scheme and plan things let God do it don't put any confidence in your own flesh in John 663 it says your flesh counts for nothing just discount it and get it out of the way why because it's the portal of evil into your life. Your humanity without God is dangerous, all right? So, now here's the good news. I've talked about the bad news. Here's the good news. We're talking about the other side of the cross. By the way, if you stand all your life looking at the cross, seeing Jesus as dead and inconsequential to you, you will be living in your flesh the rest of your life. It's time for you to go through the cross, get up on the cross with him, die to that flesh, and come out on the other side and start living with Jesus in your life, with his ability, with his power, his strength. Stop relying on yourself. So look at this. Our new spirit is God's portal into our life. If if Satan has a means to get into your life, God needs a means to get into your life even more so. Your new spirit is God's portal into our lives. Now you say, new spirit, what are you talking about? That sounds a little kooky. Let's go back to the Bible. (laughs) Let's always go back to the Bible. John 3, verses 5 through 8. Jesus at night is speaking to a Pharisee, a religious leader who is snuck in to talk to Jesus because he's embarrassed. He, he doesn't want to be seen with Jesus. His name was Nicodemus and Jesus answers Nicodemus and says, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water. In other words, they're born. They're human beings and born of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but you know what? Spirit gives birth to Spirit. God wants to give you a new life. Spirit, a new life. And so Jesus says, Don't be surprised at me saying, You must be born again. You got to be born first to be a human, but then you've got to be born again in the spirit, given a new spirit. Praise God. Jesus says, The, bl- the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone who's born of the spirit of god god wants to give you new life god wants to take you now that you've given your life to him you've died to your old self on the cross get to the other side of the cross and start living the new life that jesus has for you praise god in first peter chapter 1 verse 3 it speaks of this new birth again he said the the apostle peter says praise be to god the father of our lord jesus christ in his great mercy he has given us new birth new birth you're a new person you have a new spirit and when you start living in this new person that god has created you to be like god has a portal into your life and he's going to start changing you like you would never believe he's going to make you a new person the things that you couldn't do for yourself God is going to start being able to do for you because he has direct access into your life. We're going to shut the door of the flesh and we're going to open the door of the Spirit and say, Jesus, come in and do everything that you promised that you would do for me. We're living on that new side of the the other side of the cross. Romans 6 verse 4 also speaks of a new life in Romans 8 verses 6 through 8. Look at this. It compares and contrasts the flesh that we were talking about and the spirit that we were talking about. The mind governed by the flesh is death. I've mentioned this story before. A boss of mine told me, Steve, he'd always get his voice real low and start talking to me. And he actually had a lot of wisdom. I learned a ton. He was my mentor. One day we were driving. We were driving to some, some engagement that we had. And he said, Steve, you know what? I used to drink six beers a day. He said, I had my, I'd come home, and he was being open, transparent, come home, I'd down six beers. And he said, you know what? One day I just sat there and I thought, what on earth? He wasn't a Christian. He, he was not a Christian <laughs> at all. And he said, you know what? It came to me. This isn't good. <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, you know, and I won't mention his name. I said, you're right. That isn't good. You're exactly right. And you know what? Even though that guy wasn't a Christian, the Holy Spirit reached into his life and that guy stopped drinking alcohol completely. Because God reached into his life and he listened. Anybody can listen to Jesus. Anybody can listen to Jesus. But look at this. The mind governed by the flesh is going to drown themselves in alcohol. I remember another guy that I worked with. It was rumored that this guy was a a total alcoholic and sure enough i saw him one weekend he was so wasted he couldn't even see straight and this guy would get aggressive and and be mean when he got drunk and i told him about jesus i said man you gotta gotta stop drinking I, i worked with him and i was just honest you gotta stop drinking man you know what he drank himself to death drank himself to death you want your flesh That's the kind of stuff that's going to happen. You want your life the way you want your life. That's the kind of garbage that's going to happen to you. Or you can say, you know what? I want a new spirit because it says here the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And it's much more than that. It's self-control. It's joy. It's gladness. It's success. It's being in charge of your life and knowing where you're headed. Don't you want that? I do. I want that. That's the mind governed by the Spirit where you shut the door on your flesh, you put up the tape, you know, where somebody's died, the police tape, and you say, "Uh uh-uh, this guy is gone so long self. Man, I'm out of here. I want Jesus. Myself has died up on the cross. I'm on the other side of the cross, and now I'm living a new life through the Spirit of God. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile towards God, does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. I don't know about you, man. I'm like, I want a new spirit. I want to be born again, and I want to stay born again. I want to stay in the palm of God's hand, and I want good things to happen for my life, and I want it for every single one of you guys. You can have this. It's a free gift of Jesus. Listen to this. Just as you cannot know God through your flesh, just as these verses just mentioned, you can't know God through your flesh. I have tried to have faith in myself. Not not like in myself, but have faith in God. But while I was in the flesh, and I couldn't do it. I tried. Oh, God, I want to have faith in you. I want to have faith in you. And when God said, you know what? You got to do this is a faith is a spiritual thing. You can't just make up your mind to have faith in God. It comes from having a, a spiritual encounter with God Almighty. Then you can have faith. But you can't have faith in your flesh. But just as as you can't know God through your flesh, evil can't access your new spirit. You are safe and secure in God's hand, praise the Lord. You can't be snatched out of his hand when you get in there. Ephesians 2.6 says, God raised us up with Christ and seated, uh, seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You have an inaccessible spiritual position with God When you say, I'm not going to live in front of this cross anymore. I'm not going to live doing my own thing anymore. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to give my life to God. You are lifted up, spiritually speaking, into an inaccessible spiritual position where you can't be touched, you can't be tampered with, and you can't be messed with. Your depression will just start melting away. Your fears will start melting away. God will heal you of your sicknesses and injuries. God will do miracles in your life. You start going towards Jesus. Obstacle after obstacle will begin to be removed in your life. You will be an unstoppable force to be reckoned with. And you say, well, Steve, that hasn't been my experience. Let me tell you what. You haven't seen the other side of the cross yet, then. Being Christian is more than just a Christian in name and wearing a t-shirt and having a gold chain with a a cross on it. Being a Christian is being different than you've ever been before. You've ever been before. Isaiah uh, 40, verses 30 through 31, speaks of this high place. It says, even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, they will... Soar with wings like eagles. You can do it. You can soar with wings like... You can do it. Listen to me. You can get there. Man, you start focusing on that new spirit instead of the old fleshly self. And little by little, the victory is going to be won day after day, week after week. In Luke ten nineteen, Jesus says you know, to his disciples, he says the people who are serious about following him you know, it's crazy I Talked to this girl once. And uh, she was there every day. It wasn't this church. You wouldn't even know who she was. But every Sunday, man, she was in church. Sunday morning, she always looked a little tired. And I thought maybe a little hungover. Sure enough, Saturday nights, partying it up as best as she could. And then Sunday morning, that's not the Christian I'm talking about. I'm talking about a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday Christian. You are who you are at church, the same person at work, the same person with your family and friends, through and through a 100% Christian. Not perfect, you'll fail, but a serious Christian. That's the Christian that Jesus says, I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Listen to this. Nothing will harm you. Not even that thing that's stressing you out that you woke up thinking about this morning, not even that will harm you. Because you're serious. You're a serious Christian. You're living on the other side of the cross. You're living... By the spirit of God, not by your own strength. Our new spirits are God's portal into our life. God can start doing things even without you even asking him to do it. He's done that for me so many times. He's answered prayers before I even asked the prayer. That's the God that we serve. God, our new spirit is God's portal into our life. Now, it's summed up by this anchor scripture that we sang about in church this morning. And it's this. God is spirit. He's not flesh. He came in the flesh. Jesus came in the flesh. But he is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit. Stop trying to serve God in your flesh and start relying on his spirit to help you, take care of you. And you say, Steve, how do I do that? Pray. Just say, God, help me. Please help me. Every day, God, help me. Please help me. You're living in the Spirit when you do that because you're asking for His support. You're acknowledging you can't do it. The Bible says that anybody who calls on the name of the Lord cries out, Jesus, help me. He's going to help you. And then you're walking in the Spirit. It's that simple. Don't be self-reliant. Be God-reliant. Easy peasy, right? It really is. It's very simple. There's, no, there's nothing complex here. Romans 6.11 says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin. Count yourselves dead to your flesh, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, that's a lifetime that it takes to do that, but it's definitely doable, and God wants to help you do that. Colossians 3.3, 3, it says, You died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That means you've died to your flesh. You've died to that portal that C- Satan keeps accessing you. You've died to that, and now you're alive in Jesus. Romans eight eleven says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Now l- listen to this. When you say, I'm not going to live by the flesh anymore, self-reliance no more, I'm going to go with God-reliance, something inside of you changes. You stop being driven by, by your motivation of ambitions, of passions, of obsessions, of fears. Did you know fear can drive your life like nobody's business? When I lost my job just recently, I've, I had the Lord tell me, he said, Steve, I want you To not be driven by fear, I want you to be driven by obedience. And so, whatever you're facing, don't let fear motivate you. Let God motivate you. Don't let your obsession motivate you. Some people are obsessive-compulsive. I have a, a tinge of that, so I know what it feels like. Don't let your obsessions drive you and motivate you. I was in a store the other day, and this poor, poor girl, she's probably... Early 20s, she was just doing her hands like this, just just obsessive, driven by obsession. Who knows what that is? You know what? God wants to free you from your obsessions. He wants to free you from your obsessions. Don't let your obsessions drive you. Let the Spirit of God drive you. So before, when we were in the flesh, shame drove us, obsessions, ambitions drove us. But now when you live in the spirit that I'm telling you about, you're motivated by God's love. You're motivated by faith, inspired by God's word. That's why you got to read your Bibles. Don't let any priest or pastor or friend tell you, oh, don't read the Bible. Let me explain it to you. No, you get that Bible out and you read it for yourself. Those girls there at Irvin, I was showing them the app that's on your phone. You can get it for free. You can read your Bible on your phone if you like to. The Bible is there for you to read it, not for someone else to instruct you. The Holy Spirit himself can instruct you in in reading the Bible. And, And we send out texts every day. If you don't get it and you want it, you tell me. A text every day that shares with you where you can read in the Bible. It'll help you. It'll strengthen you and encourage you. All right? And so, in John, don't worry, almost done here. Um, John 16, 7, it says, we have an advocate. So Jesus was taken away, but he gave us his advocate, meaning the Holy Spirit. Did you know that God is on your side? God is not your referee to throw the flag at you. He's your coach. He's on your side. I believe that with all my heart. He's trying. He's an advocate. He's there to advocate for you, advocate for you. He's on your side, and he's interfacing. He's your interface with God Almighty. In fact, the Holy Spirit is God Almighty. He's given us His Spirit to be with us on a daily basis, and I love this in Romans seven six. It says, "Now, now that we're not in the flesh, we're in the Spirit. We can serve God in a new way, living in the Spirit." The, The the temptation is for us to be religious folks. This is not a religious church. This is a relational church. We want relationship with Jesus. You can't earn your way to heaven. It's a free gift of God, and that's what we do. We just receive the free gift of God so we can live in a new way. So just to kind of summarize here, look at this, this chart that I'll throw up here. If you live in the flesh, you're going to be limited. If you live by the Spirit, you're going to be limitless if you're in the flesh, you're going to be fearful. If you're in the Spirit, you're going to be God-confident. If you're in the flesh, you're going to fail. In the Spirit, you're going to succeed. If you're in the flesh, you're going to hide when you mess up. In the Spirit, you're going to be transparent and open say, I messed up, I need your help, God. If you're in the flesh, you're going to feel condemned and ashamed all the time. In the Spirit, you're approved of God. If you're in the flesh, you're going to be religious and legalistic and always telling yourself no and denying yourself until you can't take it anymore, and then you'll binge. But in the Spirit, you're going to be set free. (laughs) Because who the Spirit has set free is free indeed. In the flesh, you're going to be far away from God. You're going to be talking to God like He's in a distant galaxy, but in the Spirit, you're going to feel God's presence right there, close by, near you. You know, in the flesh, you're going to be always at risk of danger, And disaster, in the spirit, you're going to live safe and secure. In the flesh, you're going to be disturbed. The spirit is going to give you peace. In the flesh, you're going to be defeated. But in the spirit, you're going to be victorious. You're going to be victorious. So here's some spiritual talk for you. So that you can start practicing. As you read the Bible, you start hearing God's voice. And you're like, oh, that was God talking to me. Or, oh, that wasn't God talking to me. Look at some of these scriptures. In John 6, 63, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. And Jesus says, the words I've spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Read the Bible so you can start recognizing the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of Jesus in your life. 2 Timothy 1.7 in the Amplified Version, which I really, really like, says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, that's of cowardice, of craving and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given you a spirit of power, of love, of a calm, well-balanced mind, discipline, and self-control. Don't you want that? That's what I want. That thing that you're dreading, I want you to stop. This is for some specific people. That thing that you're dreading, that you think there's a truck that's about to hit me, (laughs) a financial truck, a physical truck, whatever it is, it's about to hit me, don't fear it anymore. Be calm. Be collected. Be cool. And and be strong and courageous like Joshua. God is going to take care of your problem. He's going to take care of it. Walk in the spirit. Don't walk in the flesh because you see the comparison that we threw up here just a minute ago. John, here's some more spiritual talk for you. John 14, 27. Jesus says, peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Let not your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Just don't be afraid anymore. God is going to take care of your problem." Romans 8 of 15 says, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery that returned you back to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship. Ladies and gentlemen, all of you have a spirit of sonship by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Abba means Daddy. Have you ever been so freaked out that you just could run back to being a child again and you could run to the parent or the person that you trusted and they just hold you and hug you? You can do that with Jesus. Run to your father, your daddy, to papaito. <laughs> Zechariah 4, 6, look at this. You will not succeed by your own strength and your own power. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the all-powerful God. Man, stop relying on doctors and medication and psychiatrists and and I don't know, confidence, trust in God, and He's going to help you personally in your troubles. Romans 8:13 says, "For if I live according to the flesh, I'm going to die, but if by the spirit I put to death the misdeeds of the body, I will live." Man, I'll tell you what, you can't fail by living by the spirit. Some final final thoughts. Matthew 8:23. Jesus is in a boat with his disciples. Suddenly there's a serious or furious storm that comes on the lake. Jesus is asleep because he's trusting the spirit of God. He's not trusting his flesh. He's asleep. His disciples wake him up and say, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. That's a flesh talking. Satan coming in through a situation and freaking you out. We're going to drown, he replies. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he gets up, he rebukes the wind and the waves, and they completely calm down. You know what Jesus was asking? He said, why did you revert back to your flesh in a bad situation? Why didn't you just keep trusting God and the Spirit of God in your life, who's never going to leave you and never going to forsake you? We need to live on the other side of the cross no matter what our situation is. Trusting the living God, resting in the living God, and knowing it's going to be all right. It's not going to be all right because it's just going to be all right. It's going to be all right because God is on your side. That's why you're living in the Spirit. All right, well, let's look at this. Two scriptures more. Isaiah 33, 15. What do you do? When the flesh is screaming in your ear. You're going to fail. Your finances are going to run out. Your kids are going to be whack jobs. <laughs> you know, your grandchildren aren't going to amount. Yeah, flesh is screaming in your ear. Here's Isaiah 33:15. Look at this. Stop your ears up against these plots. Say, I'm not going to listen to you. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to these disastrous threats that that wake me up early in the morning, keep me up late at night, and stress me out throughout the day. I am not going to listen. I'm going to stop my ears, and I'm going to shut my eyes against contemplating the evil, the train that's coming down the tracks that looks like is about to hit me. There's a, I just thought of this, um, oh, what is it called? Hunt for Red October. Movie, uh, uh, so (laughs) there's this, Submarine, and I won't go into all the details, but there's this submarine, and a missile has been launched. It's coming directly at, at the submarine. And the guy that's that's kind of Sean Connery, he's talking to the captain of the submarine. He's, he's just talking to him, asking him questions. He's defecting from Russia to U, the U.S., and he's asking him some questions, and the captain said, there's this missile that's about to hit us. And Sean Connery doesn't even bat an eye, and he says, Yeah, but what else? What is Montana like? And blah, blah, blah. And the guy's in disbelief. They're about to blow up. And sure enough, the missile hits, and it just breaks into a million pieces. It wasn't armed. It didn't have enough time to arm. The missiles that are coming at you aren't even armed. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? They're not even armed because God is standing right beside you. The angel of the Lord is encamped around you to protect you, to deliver you, and to take care of you. So to live by the Spirit, you've got to hear from God every day. Make time to listen to Jesus. Make time, because your worries are going to consume you. But make time to listen to Jesus. Look at this. In John six sixty eight. Simon Peter answers Jesus. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You know, I've already tried the psychiatrist. I've already tried the medication. I've already tried looking for a job. I've already tried this, that, and the other. Who am I going to go to? Lord, you have the words of eternal life. Start listening to God. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time together. Lord God, I want to live, and I want us to live on the other side of the cross. Stress-free. Is that possible? Yes, it is. Resting in the wonderful palm of God's massive, mighty hand. Oh, Lord Jesus, I want to step out of this self-reliant garbage, Lord, and start living a life of victory in Jesus, of trusting God, of believing God, of knowing that those missile attacks that are coming at me, that they're spiritual in nature, they're disarmed already. They're not even going to harm us. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. But what does this take? This takes us getting up every morning and cracking open that wonderful Bible of ours, whether an electronic format or a a hard copy of the Bible and reading it for ourselves, listening to what the voice of God is trying to tell us. Lord God, because then we can feed off the strength and we will be positioned in heavenly realms as it spoke of, Lord, in Ephesians. And we'll soar with wings as eagles, as Isaiah tells us, Lord. And, and, and we will not have anything harm us because you've given us power and authority over all the power of the enemy in our lives. Lord, those worrisome thoughts, Lord, oftentimes don't even come from us. They're external in nature. They're evil in intent. And, Lord, if we listen to them, they will take us down. But, Lord, we're going to plug our ears. We're going to cover our eyes. (laughs) And we're going to fix our attention on Jesus Christ, the author, the pioneer, Lord God, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. We're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. And we're going to start feeding on hope and feeding on faith. Lord, and we're going to stand up. We're going to be courageous. We're going to be brave. We're going to be mighty by the power of God because we have the most powerful thing in the universe, which is God Almighty on our side. Lord, the Bible says, if God didn't even spare his son, how much more will he not also give us all good things? Oh, Lord Jesus, our trust and our confidence is in you. Make us God-confident.